What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. It's a big day in Blazerland. Yusef Nurkic was back on the practice court, going through full contact workouts, four on four and five on five. And folks, that messed up my recording plan. See, let me take you inside before we talk about Yusef Nurkic a little bit. I plan these things out, right? And I've covered the team long enough that I kind of know the rhythm. And today's rhythm was supposed to be we introduce Trevor Ariza. We talk about who the hell is Wenyan Gabriel. We do a little celebration of Caleb Swanigan's return. Maybe an update on CJ McCollum and his twisted ankle. I had it all mapped out. And then Damian Lillard spilled the beans, telling reporters at the practice facility that he was optimistic because... He was getting to see guys back out on the court, and those guys included Yusuf Nurkic? What? Now, I've said on this podcast before that I heard these sort of most optimistic reports when I would ask people when Nurk would be back was late January. But here we are in late January, and we really hadn't, I, we really hadn't heard that he was coming back or seen him, seen him that close to coming back. You know, he's, he's been working out behind the scenes. I've seen him plenty of times, you know, full sweat pregame and stuff. He's, he's, He's itching to get back on the court and he's working hard, but practice is another major step. And Damon Lord spilled the beans that he was back. Real quick, let's see what Dame had to say. Um, especially in this situation today, I, I really felt like that, you know, Nurk practice, full speed, contact, up and down. Um, so seeing him out there, like, being himself and not looking like, you know, he, he was struggling. Um, seeing Zach out here right now, um, seeing how well Trev, you know, looked in practice, um, it just felt it just felt good. It was like, you know, a, a pick, almost like a pick me up. You know, we I feel good about it. Inspires heart. Yeah, like all right, this this feels good. So. so do you get sense that Nurk is near? I mean, I I do. I don't know. I mean, I'm not involved in the situation. That's. <laughs> You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, and I don't. I'm not inside his body, but he looked good to me. So. Was this the first time that he had done that? I mean, I've seen him do contact stuff, but um, you know, he looked good. That's right. It was a big day in Blazerland. Not only did Nurkic return, and that's what we're going to spend some time on here, but Zach Collins was back on the court doing basketball things, dribbling a little bit, getting shots up with both hands his injured left-hand shoulder mostly around the rim, but he was getting up real jump shots with his right hand and using his guide hand, looking like a slow-motion basketball player. But him getting out on the court is definitely a big deal. But the biggest deal is Yusuf Nurkic. The Blazers are going to be intentionally coy with this. They've tried to prevent Nurk watch. And I think, quite frankly, they would have been happier if their franchise player hadn't told reporters that Nurk was back out on the court. No one would have known or known to ask. The way these media things work is the Blazers finish practice and then they open the doors up. And when when media gets in, it's guys just getting extra shots up, getting free throws up. Uh, people making their way off the court and going into the weight room. You don't really know. I mean, you, maybe you can see someone is sweatier than normal or whatever, but you're not, you, don't, you don't see like the last five minutes of practice or anything like that. You see post-practice activities. So yeah, I think the Blazers probably would have been happier if Dame didn't do it, but he did do it. Which means you have to ask, when is Nurk coming back? And of course, Terry Stotts, as he is wont to do, downplayed it. This is 
always what he does with literally any topic, but particularly injuries. Um, he's just vague intentionally, um, maybe to the point of being misleading, but mostly just because he doesn't want to be, um, he doesn't want to spill the beans. He'd rather have Dame spill the beans. So Terry Stott said that this was, you know, they had targeted this date for a little bit of a little while. Uh, the Blazers have two days off between this game. Then they've got a couple more days off before their next one. They've kind of got a softer, they've got a softer, uh, schedule than they've had over since Christmas where they've, they've just been a little bit busier. They got two more days off after this Dallas game on Thursday before they play the Pacers on Sunday. So it's, it is a good time to get Nurk back on the court because they're actually going to be on the court. I don't know that the Blazers have practiced in Tualatin for, and the practice facilities in Tualatin, that is a south suburb of Portland. For those of you who aren't, who aren't super local, I apologize. Um, they, haven't practiced at the practice facility in a month, maybe. They just, uh, beyond, between off days and how little they actually practice practice and all the travel that they did at the end of December, I think they, I, I'm not sure they've really been out there. So this is the first time, this this stretch where they play three games in six days where they can really have time to get Nurk out there, time to let him see what his body feels like. And this is an important step because this is this is the last hurdle in terms of rehab that you got to that you got to cross before you can play. So then this the question that is just banging around your head and you've been waiting six minutes for me to get to and I apologize for the delay is when is he going to get back and play a real basketball game? You've probably been screaming it. Hopefully you haven't been screaming it. And this podcast is kind of a personal uh, personal thing, so maybe you've just been thinking it loudly, but. I don't think it's anytime soon. Eric Gunderson of USA Today's LeBron Wire and the former host of this podcast for longtime listeners uh, reported that a NBA source told him that Nurk's not going to come back till after the All-Star break. And like I said earlier in this uh, segment, when the when people had told me that maybe as early as late January, Nurk could come back when they were saying that's like the, the, the furthest end of the timeline... It was always like, yeah, but maybe also after the All-Star break, which is, you know, two, three weeks later. It's it's Valentine's Day. So at least one NBA source says that it's going to be after the All-Star break. And the way Dame, the way Terry Stotts was talking, it was he would be honest if it, if Nurk was going to come back, say, Thursday. Uh, he's already been ruled out for that game. I I don't think it's... I'm not. I'm not trying to say that uh, Eric Anderson's reporting is wrong. I wouldn't be totally surprised if the timeline changes, and and that Nurk plays before the All Star break. But I don't think it's imminent. I think it's much closer than it's ever been because the target was always sometime around now or February, and we're closer than we've ever been. But I don't think it, playing on this homestand would be somewhat of a surprise. But it's not totally out of the question. We're getting closer with Yusuf Nurkic. It's a big deal. I don't think, I guess the other big question that everyone want, wants to ask with the Nurk stuff is, w- does Nurk's return make it more likely that the Blazers trade us on Whiteside? I don't really think it has much of an effect. When Yusuf Nurkic comes back, he might be a better basketball player, but he's not going to be a better basketball player that's available to play 36 minutes immediately. 
He just won't have the wind to play that. Even if he's cleared to play as many minutes as he wants, he won't have the conditioning to play 36 minutes. And if you trade Hassan Whiteside, that's kind of what you're asking Nurk to do, right? So I don't I don't think it really has an impact. The Blazers may or may not trade Hassan Whiteside. It probably won't be tied to what Yusuf Nurkic's availability is. All right, in the second segment, I want to talk a little bit about CJ McCollum. He looks like he's coming back, and that's probably more important in the very short term because he could be as available as soon as Thursday. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between the Super Bowl, the NBA stretch run, and the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, you like a couple big favorites this week, parlays are the perfect way because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching games from the couch and with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKED on NBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code locked on NBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A to take advantage of MyBookie's generous offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. So we talked to Nurk. It's Nurk Watch 2020. We finally made it. Congratulations. I'm so happy for all of us. Those of you who consume content and the man behind the microphone who makes it, we needed Nurk Watch. It's exciting. We are going, listen, we got Nurk is, this is nonstop Nurk talk on this podcast, but I'm going to stop it now because there's other things to do. Like I told you at the top of the first segment, I had other plans. I got a little word doc where I map things out and I try to stay organized to keep this podcast tight and listenable and fun. So let's get to uh, let's get to what the plan was before things got a little bit crazy today. The plan was to talk about C.J. McCollum, who was spotted on the practice court by reporters, running around full speed, cutting, getting jumpers up. He is officially listed as questionable for Thursday's game. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, also on the injury report, listed as probable with a groin contusion you will recall that he was hit below the belt very hard at the end of that Warriors game by Marquise Chris uh Whiteside came away with a game-changing block and paid the price my goodness but CJ is the big one he's missed the last two games he was injured actually in Dallas so there's a chance he returns when the Blazers face the Mavericks at the Moda Center on Thursday night that's a bigger deal in the in the like the short term in the 20 in the 48 hour window that's a bigger deal Yusuf Nurkic not going to play on Thursday CJ McCollum might play and the Blazers desperately need him I think why they desperately need him is because as brilliant as Damian Lillard was 61 points against the Warriors one of the great performances of the of 
his career, one of the great Blazers performances you'll see, the most points ever scored in the building, the most points ever scored by anyone in a Blazer uniform, the most three-pointers made, you know, all you got it, you know, you know, you listen to the other podcasts, and if you didn't, you still can go back and do that now, but he needs help. And they need to put everyone back in positions that make more sense. Gary Trent Jr. is much better as a backup. Uh, Asking less of Anthony Simons is better. He can do things, but putting him in a limited role is just more valuable. And C.J. McCollum is the Blazers' second best player. They need him. So there's that optimism that he could be back. And I think uh, the little bit of audio that I played for you in that first segment, Dame touches on on suddenly positive vibes in in Blazerland, and I think that to me that's that's sort of like the important important takeaway from what happened on at Wednesday's practice is the Blazers had a rare day where they had a real practice, and they they got a lot of good news. So it was a, just a day of good news. Uh, I'll talk about it a little in the third segment, but. Trevor Reza, Damon Lillard said he looked good, just, uh, you know, picked up on the plays quickly. There's value in outing a 35-year-old. Um, he said seeing Zach out there, Zach Collins, as I mentioned in the first segment, was just going through uh, on-court stuff with assistant coaches and trainers watching closely. Uh, you know, he still wants to come back in March. You can, you can kind of feel the Blazers getting excited about his return. And then you see CJ come back and you say, you know, there's reasons to be hopeful. And I just don't think the Blazers have had a lot of days. They certainly haven't had a lot of days in Tualatin where you could say, hey, there's reasons to be hopeful. So I think this is, I think this was as positive an off day as the Blazers have had in a very long time. The CJ McCollum news is, is good. It is a positive sign that he was going through a real workout. He hasn't warmed up, uh, He's, he was ruled out prior to the last two games, and he didn't go out and do any shooting stuff. He was just staying off the foot. So for him to be getting back out on the court and moving full speed, it means he's trying to not only test out the ankle and see whether it hurts, but to get in game shape after taking you know three or four days off to really get let that body heal. A day of good news and a day of optimism. The other reason that the Blazers are optimistic is because they added some new players. And in the past, adding some new players have helped rescue their season. You will recall they were super bad during the 2016-17 season and traded away starting center Mason Plumlee, landed Yusuf Nurkic, went on a late run, made the playoffs. Let's not talk about what happened when they got there, but the Blazers want to find themselves in a similar position again. They want to hope a mid-season trade that kind of seems like a meh trade at the time, admittedly, will propel them forward. And that's what I want to talk about in the third segment. The Blazers added, not really three new guys, two new guys, and they brought back a third one in Caleb Swanigan. Welcome home, Biggie. I want to talk about what those, what that trio can bring, uh, play you a little audio from their meeting with the media Because Blazers optimism doesn't just include old faces getting back out on the court. It includes today new faces getting out on the court too. But before I get to the third segment, I want to tell you all about Calm. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. 
LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash LockedOnNBA, you'll get 40% off Calm Premium Membership. That's right, for a limited time, my listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. It's all there waiting for you, and you can get started at calm.com. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash locked on MBA. That's calm.com slash locked on MBA. All right. Still locked on Blazers. Still Mike Richmond. Still pass first point guard. And I guess we're still doing Blazers optimism. I guess that became the theme of the episode. I thought I was going to do three full segments on the new guys. Instead, you're getting one because it was a newsy day here in Blazerland. Who are the new guys, you ask? Actually, you probably know. If you listen to this podcast, you know the new guys. But let me remind you who they are anyways. Trevor Reza, 35-year-old journeyman, is that is that the right word? 35-year-old small forward who's played on a lot of teams, particularly recently. He joins the Blazers after being traded for the seventh time in his career. 16 seasons, seven trades. My man has moved around a lot. He's played on some really good teams. That 2009 Magic team was no joke. Those Laker teams were very good, and he was a crucial part. He is certainly a long way removed from those teams, but the Blazers think he can help, and they're going to plug him in and start him at small forward. Terry, It seemed like the vibe from practice was that Terry Stott spoke to Trevor Reza because is going to have a real role, and he's a veteran. He said, Trevor, you're going to start, learn the plays, let's go. I don't think he... I think he gave the two younger guys, Caleb Swanigan and Wendy and Gabriel, the be ready type of uh, type of advice. But but Ariza, who's who's a guy who's been around the league and we would be better with more direction, Terry Stotts said, you're going to start. I think he's going to play a bunch of minutes too. Um, the Blazers have, they don't have a lot of other options at that spot. Uh, obviously trading away Kent Bazemore, who was maybe a little out of position at three, you They've started Nazir Little there the last two games. That's not a great spot. I think Nazir's better at four, quite honestly. Um, Mario Hazonia is obviously an option, but not a very good one. So it's going to be Trevor Ariza, who's a 35% three-point shooter. Basically, his career average and right around league average from three. Uh, he's six foot nine. He can help. And when a reporter asked Damian Lillard at practice today what Ariza could bring to the team, he gave a long list. Check it out. IQ, experience, shooting, size, defense, rebounding, confidence, attitude, a lot. So I don't know if I'm here to predict that Trevor Rees is going to change the Blazers' season. Um, I don't think he can be much I think he's probably on the level as Kent Bazemore, who struggled a little bit, couldn't shoot, and had some real wonky decision-making problems. I think Ariza is going to be do less with the ball on offense. I think he's mostly going to spot up, shoot. I think doing less on a team that plays a ton of ISO with Dame, CJ, and Melo might not be the most aesthetically pleasing thing, but it will probably be more helpful, a guy who naturally spots up like he does. I think being 6'9 is helpful, but... He's been in the league 16 seasons. You kind of know what he brings. He's certainly not the player that he was even five years ago. 
just the nature of aging. But he he's the Blazers' best option at that spot, and I don't think he'll hurt. I think he struggled a little bit. I, I've watched him a couple times in Sacramento and was um, not super, super impressed with his season. And when a, a reporter asked him at practice to say what he thought about his season, he kind of shrugged it off a little bit. I don't think he's super impressed with the season anyway either. But Ariza, well, Ariza should be fine for them. They've had mostly negatives playing in that spot all season long. If Ariza is another negative, it will feel like home. That, that might be a little mean on the Blazers' optimism thing, but uh, sorry I'm back in my pessimistic uh, sweet spot. But the other two guys, you know Caleb Swanigan. You know what he's going to bring. He's an undersized center. He's probably more power forward sized, but he's a center. Like He's, he's 6'9", but he's a center. In, in in modern NBA. And the big news with him is that he's lost 30 pounds since he left Portland. You know, he didn't get much opportunity with the Kings. They have 265 big men on the roster. Um, so there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for them, for him there. So it's not, it's not a real stunner that he didn't get to play much. Um, they have other young guys, younger, more impactful guys ahead of him. So if they were going to give developmental minutes to a big, it was going to go to Marvin Bagley or Harry Giles. And uh, this year, those were going to go to, uh, to Bielitsa and to Rashawn Holmes. I mean, they're just, they're just even Harrison Barnes, Trevor Reza as a four. They're just, there just wasn't a spot for Biggie in those minutes or in that, in that roster. So he, he spent time in the G league. Um, he hasn't played a lot of live NBA basketball. I do think there's a role for him here just because the Blazers don't have a real backup center after trading Anthony Tolliver away. Um, and they sent Jalen Horde back to the G league. Uh, they've still, still got Moses Brown up with the team, but he's not an NBA player. So I think, I think Biggie, with his familiarity and his center-y size, has a real role in this team in the short term. But the big question mark, I think, in this trade, the big, the big, who's going to, what can he bring, is Wenyan Gabriel. And Gabriel's an intriguing prospect. Uh, he hasn't played much NBA basketball, but he's been pretty good in the G League when he's been down there. He spent uh, seven games with the Stockton Kings and averaged 19 points, 8.9 rebounds, shot 46% from three. You know, it's... The G League is, is, is just a weird place to look at just straight-up counting stats, but he's 6'9", he's long, he's still 22. Uh, I hope he gets a real cameo. He went to Kentucky. He was a very high-level recruit coming out of high school. He went undrafted in the league and signed a two-way that was converted to a regular NBA deal by the Kings. They, because they just love bigs, man. They just couldn't, they could not help themselves. Have have Swanigan, have a million guys in front of him. Might as well add Wendy and Gabriel to the, to the roster. But the Blazers obviously wanted him in the trade. They could have, they could have done this trade without Wendy and Gabriel. That means that maybe they just wanted another big, like, big man size body on a on a team that doesn't have many but also maybe they thought you know this is an intriguing prospect that uh, our p- developmental staff can get something out of him he probably doesn't have a long-term future here uh, the Blazers will be able to re if they want to re-sign him have that option to obviously but I'd like to see him get a cameo 
A big man who can shoot, has some versatility on defense in theory, has some versatility on offense with inside-outside game in theory. He's he's a prospect that intrigues. Uh, the Blazers are not sort of in that mode yet where prospects just play because you need to play prospects, but they are kind of in the mode where they need any healthy body that can contribute and be pretty good should get a chance. Jalen Horde played real minutes at center over the last two games. He isn't a G League. He's a G League player. I mean, he's a two-way guy. He might not all, you know, he might end up being a real NBA player, but the um, the Blazers need help. I think to begin with, Wenyan Gabriel's probably behind Biggie to begin with. He's behind Swanigan to begin with, but wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting real minutes at center because the Blazers need bigs and they certainly wouldn't have put him in the trade, wouldn't have included him in the trade if they didn't want to at least see what he has. See, I ended with Blazers optimism. I got a little negative in the Trevor Reza parts because I may be a non-believer, but I was able to swing back and end it on a positive note because I love y'all. And I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Do me a favor and tell your friends about it. If you enjoy this podcast and you got friends who enjoy the Blazers, chances are they will enjoy this too. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.